Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and more. We're also on Dash Radio every single night. That's every single weeknight at 7 p.m. on their Nothing But Net channel. Also, check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Just cross 12,000 subscribers. That's right. And that's because of, in part, because of the post up with Royal Shepherd, although certainly don't tell him that. Also, check out fivereasonsports.com. Spell that one out for the ladies from Brady Hawk, Chris Chase, and everyone else in our network on the local teams. Also, the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That includes our friends over at You Break Wheel Fix. This is a wheel repair and refinishing company located in North Miami. They got 15 years experience. Mark does a great job down there. I've visited the facility before. You definitely got to check it out. Again, it's right there in North Miami. If you need to fix your bent or cracked wheels that are damaged on the streets of South Florida, this is the place to go. They got fast turnaround times on most repairs. They even offer the loaner wheels while they fix or refinish your wheels. So you can keep your car on the road without interruption. If your wheels are faded or peeling, you break wheel fix offers complete refinishing back to factory standards. And here's the coolest part. If you're just bored with the look of your wheels, you break wheel fix offers over 5,000 different finishes to customize their look. They even got the vice colors, the dolphin colors. So you need to check that out. So call today 305 748 0112. That's 305-748-0112 or online at ubreakwheel, that's W-H-E-E-L, fix.com. Almost forgot. Mention five reasons sports. You get 15% off anything that you do at Ubreak Wheel Fix. And now today's multi-part episode. I had a chance to speak First to Jared Greenberg from NBA TV, and then to our friend Eric Brown, who's the guy who challenges me on a bunch of stuff. One, two, three, four, five on the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Today's floor plan, this is his second appearance here on Five on the Floor. You can find him on NBA TV, looking dapper every single night that he's <laughs> on there. It's our friend Jared Greenberg. You could follow him at Jared S. Greenberg on Twitter. Also follow him on Instagram. Jared, we appreciate you doing this, or I appreciate you doing this because my guys are both sleeping. Well, one's working and one's sleeping right now. So you just got <laughs> Well, you got me out of bed for this, Ethan. This is this is good. Um yeah, I need to get me a uh, wardrobe sponsor. Maybe being on this podcast will help me doing that. Uh, actually, uh, Cervanti in Miami, they were my mm. wardrobe sponsor. I actually have to check back with them. I've got some extra clothes here okay. uh, that, that that you could sample. I don't know if all Jewish guys are the same size. No, I don't think we are. Yeah, I think I'm a little bigger than you, Ethan. Yeah, probably. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but but if you'd like anything, uh, it's yeah. tailored to your needs. All right, Perfect. let's get let's get to it, Jared. I like to bring on uh, national guys, of which you certainly qualify, for, for a perspective kind of outside of the weeds. Like, I, I think we get lost here in South Florida a little bit. We're following kind of every single maneuver with yeah. the heat. And, and, and also, we get irritated down here because it, and I'm not including you in this mix, okay? <laughs> but, but it does feel like certain people who cover the heat, it's like they've covered them for the first time this season and they don't know anything. So, unless, right. unless we get our guy Mark Jones on the call, um, you know, who's Miami, you know, Cap right. Capacito, you know, through and through people get upset down here. So 
I know you do follow it. I know that obviously you guys cover the entire league in NBA TV. Yep. So let's just start here before we get into some matchups um, and potential matchups for the Heat as this big game against Boston comes up on Tuesday. What is your perception from the outside of this Heat season? In your view, what do you think has happened where they've gone from NBA finalist mm-hmm. to a team that's been very, very up and down until recently? Yeah, well, I, I think even, and, and I think you and I kind of talked about this earlier in the season, I, I think everyone, and, and I would hope people in Miami would be the same, um, on the same level on this. We, we had trouble digesting and putting in perspective what the Heat did last year, right? As a, as a five seed and making it all the way to the NBA Finals and really stunning everyone. And we were trying to... <clears throat> we're trying to figure out, I don't know that we'll ever actually get an answer to this. Cause I think it's kind of just one of those things that's out there in the ether of like, how did the heat do it and how much of it was a product of the bubble. And I know people in South Florida probably get insulted by hearing that, but it, it may have been the case. Like I don't, based on what we've seen this year, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think you can easily point to last year and say, well, if that was quote unquote normal times, the heat would have done the same thing. And and I, I don't think it's an insult. I, I just think it is what it is and good, good on the heat for taking advantage of an opportunity. Like you don't get penalized for that. There's no asterisk next to it. And I think this year combination of the quick turnaround to also guys coming back down to earth, right? Like Duncan Robinson at times has not been the same guy. Uh, Tyler Hero certainly, you know, was not the same guy. He started the season on the starting lineup and then had to get sent back to the bench. And and then you add in all of the injuries. And I think what people in Miami kind of have to reconcile with is that everyone, almost every team, like I, I really can't find a team, maybe – Um, maybe outside of the Phoenix Suns that hasn't dealt with significant injury this year or the health and safety protocol. Mm -hmm. And that's been a big part of the season. But with all of that said, Ethan, what I think is working in the Heat's favor in a really weird way is that the Heat got that stuff out of the way early on and they're starting to come together now and get healthy and Tyler shooting the ball better and Duncan has been more uh, impactful on a regular basis. and, 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 And I think you know, the heat quote unquote culture has always been about defense first. And that's certainly what's helped the heat here. I think the question is going to be in big spots on a, uh, in a, in a road gym with potential fans, can the heat score at the level they need to score at? So that's kind of my summary of, of what the heat season has been and, and when, where they're at uh, from a national perspective. Yeah. Um, you take a look at the four. What's your thoughts on this? You take a look at the final four teams from last right. year, uh, Boston, <laughs> Lakers, Heat, and Denver all have dealt with significant absences. Yep. Um, maybe more so than a lot of other teams. Uh, Boston went through the COVID thing. Uh, they've had some play, some key players who've been in and out. Obviously, we know what's happened with the Lakers. I feel like, again, if they don't make it past the play-in, that the NBA playoffs will stop <laughs> because uh, that's pretty much all anybody's here for. Uh, and the Nuggets, I mean, the Nuggets have persevered. Because I'm proud of you, by the NBA. way. I'm proud of you within the first few minutes you got a shot in at the Lakers on this podcast. Like, oh, like no, I'm no, really no, proud no. of you. <laughs> no, 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 I'll get in another. Um, but, 
but but you look at the Nuggets. Uh, you know, again, they've overcome essentially, yeah. uh, you know, an injury to their second best player because they have a legitimate MVP who's playing yep. at that level every night. They've needed that just to stay in the top four of their conference. And then you look on the flip side of it. You know, two of the teams that have surprised in the East, Atlanta and the Knicks. I, I don't think this is being talked about enough. I know that they both made additions this offseason. Obviously, the Knicks hired a much better coach. Uh, they got growth from from Randall and from Barrett, and they've added Rose and they've drafted quickly. So they're not the same team as last year in Atlanta. We know about Bogdanovich and Gallinari and some of the additions, but I also think it hasn't been talked about enough. They had like months off like their seasons and like remember last year jared there was supposed to be that kind of losers bracket yeah. that was supposed to never happen chicago yeah. with the eight teams that didn't make the bubble and that never materialized and so the knicks and the hawks were just chilling like i i've got to think as i'm watching trevor reza you know take a year off and play well and Dwayne deadman's hanging out on his couch and now he's giving the heat double doubles that it may just be as simple as rest. Like I, that was key this season. Is that fair? I, I, I don't know. Like, listen, when it comes to the Knicks and, and I know this has been talked about pretty uh, regularly here recently, but like Julius Randall really did a great job of taking advantage of his time off. But I also have trouble with some of these guys. Um, you know, maybe, maybe Jimmy Butler gets the exception here because of how hard he plays and, and how long he's been playing for and all the different injuries he's dealt with over his career. But like these dudes play year round anyway. And I get that playing in an NBA game is a lot more intense and it takes more out of you, but come on to, to, to blame it on rest. Listen, I, I, I want to give, and, and listen, I battle with this, especially on Twitter and people who watch me on NBA TV or when I do sideline on TNT, like people always think I hate their team. And so I'm going to say something here that's going to make both Nick fans and Heat fans hate me alike. Mm. I, I just think it needs to be acknowledged. Like, yes, the Knicks need to get credit for what they're doing this year. Tom Thibodeau has done an unbelievable job and it's a weird way that they're doing it because, you know, I guess the Heat can relate to this too. In, in an era where it's all about three point shots and offense and how many points you can score, the Knicks are one of the rare teams that are actually winning games. And we saw it on Sunday against the Clippers with their defense, like defense legitimately is winning games for them. I don't believe anymore that defense wins championships. I think it's just like this misnomer, this cliche that we just throw out there for the last 30 years. And we want to believe it because it's like the, the nice way to play sports, but that's not the NBA anymore. And with that said, here's where Nick fans are going to hate me. The reason why the Knicks and the Hawks are in the position in the standings they are is not only because they played well, but it's because teams like the Heat, the Celtics, and the Wizards, and the Pacers have underachieved, right? Like, I think we have to acknowledge that. And, and Heat fans are not going to like me saying that, but the bottom line is when you go to the NBA Finals, even with what the Heat have had to deal with this year, because every team has had to deal with it, mm -hmm. Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, they've all had to deal with different levels of missing players in, in a strange year. Hell, you know, Toronto's played in a different country this year and had to uproot their, their players and families. So, like, you can't take one team and say, we've had it worse than another. The reason why the Knicks and the Hawks are fighting for home court advantage in the playoffs is because the Heat, the Celtics, the Wizards, and the Pacers are not there. 
I, I mean, I actually think the, the Raptors point you made is the best one. Uh, to me, that that's the team that dropped out of the top five in the East that really had no chance this season, right? Like, right. I mean, they, you know, I mean, you're, you're playing in Tampa. Uh, no one cares. I mean, you're not even in your home country. And so, and then they kind of took this weird posture where they were sort of tanking, not sort of tanking. <laughs> right. I'm not really sure what Masai was doing. He held out right. Lowry into the summer. Right. Uh, I, so, so I, I think, you know, and then obviously Indiana made a coaching change that hasn't seemed to work out particularly well, but I, I, I'm with you on that. Like, I don't think there's a ton of strength there sort of towards the middle to the back end of the East playoff picture. Like I, I think the top three teams are really good. They all, they all have different characteristics mm-hmm where I think they can be beaten, but I think they are, they've been heads and tails above the others, but I, I just, I look at the Knicks and I look at the Hawks and, and to me, I, it feels flukier to me than the bubble heat did. Like it, because this has been such a weird year, at least in the bubble, like everybody was practicing a similar amount of times. There was a routine, there was a regimen. You talk about same conditions. They were all the same conditions players were not testing positive for COVID uh, on any of that this year, there's been incredible variability last season. Mm. Like once you got in the bubble, there wasn't a lot of variability. And I think that's why the heat felt that their regimens are better than a lot of other teams. And so, you know, they bet you're right. They did benefit from that. I think this year, to be honest, I've said this from the beginning is more of an asterisk year than the year before, but let, let's pivot a little bit here to some of these potential matchups for the heat, because I, I think the one number, that Heat fans are holding on to this year is that when Jimmy Butler plays, the Heat win basically sixty percent of the time or more. I guess he's um, pretty good. Yeah, he's really good. I, I, I just curious before we kind of get into the matchups. Yeah. How good? Like, I, if I was to say to you, Jimmy Butler is a top ten most impactful player mm. in the NBA. Would you challenge that? I, I, I want to challenge it. Just because it sounds for me, it doesn't sound necessarily right, but but it's hard to argue with it, particularly based on what he did last year and willing his team, um, you know, to an NBA Finals, and then what he did in in the NBA Finals. Um, you know, I think I'm having a, like a lot of this same debate with with um, with Phoenix right now when people want Chris Paul to be in the MVP conversation, and and I couldn't disagree more. And and the reason why is because I feel like the Phoenix Suns best player and a guy who's been underappreciated all year is, is Devin Booker, right? So to, to not credit him with any of their success and just say, you know, guys aren't allowed to mature. Uh, he, he, he couldn't lead them to the playoffs last year. So, you know, he wouldn't have been able to do it this year. Like I get the the value of Chris Paul. Uh, and I think it's the same thing with the, with the heat, right? Like, and, and maybe this is kind of like the argument is other guys are better when Jimmy's there too. Right. And that's important, but, but Bam is, you know, what Bam does particularly defensively and, and him running the offense. Um, and then so much is counted on, on Duncan and Tyler to hit shots. And when they're hitting shots, the heat are going to win. Right. So um, I don't know. I don't, I, I thought last year was going to give me a lot of clarity on where I think Jimmy is. Um, and I think he's probably underappreciated in a lot of areas and probably a little bit overvalued in some areas. I think the big thing with Jimmy and, and he made some comments earlier in the year and the way he played early in the year, maybe had to do with injuries and recovery and all that, but like Jimmy needs to oftentimes be a little more assertive on the offensive end and, and not take this approach of, Oh, well, 
I want to lead this team and assist, or I want to see other guys get involved. Um, I get like the mentality of we need a lot of guys to win. And that's kind of the heat, you know, approach, but at the same time, as they saw in the finals last year, like Jimmy needs to go and try and sometimes score 40. Right. And that sometimes is their best way to win games. Not all the time, but, but sometimes it is. And I just think that, you know, maybe he's trying to save himself. Maybe he's trying to play mental games, which he does so well, obviously we all know, but I, I just, um, yeah, he, he's incredibly impactful. I, I, you know, and this is the long way around this answer. He probably is 10, 10 most impactful players. Yes. Is he one of the 10 best players in the league? If we had a draft to start, would, would Jimmy be one of the first 10 players drafted? Probably not. That's why I phrase it that way. Right. Because I, I, I think they're different questions. I, I do. I think what we've seen with Jimmy for his particular team, that, that really they can't play without him. I mean, that, 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 that's been proven this season. Because right. uh, as important as Bam is, and, and we always well, we talk about Bam no ceiling, they haven't been very good without Jimmy. They've right. survived without Bam this year, but they have not survived without Jimmy. Well, and, well I think, so I, but that's a product of the NBA too. And and going back yes. to the whole Devin Booker thing, like we forget, we forget that it takes guys a certain amount of years to be able to make teammates better and to carry teams. As good as Bam is, you know, a, a defensive player of the year candidate, all first team defense type of guy. And and as good as he is at times running the offense, he's still relatively young when it comes to his NBA experience, even though he's been to the NBA finals. Um, and, and I go back, you know, to the Devin Booker, the Zion Williamson conversation from, from a national perspective, we just want to put a stamp on guys career right now and feel like we've made a, a, a proclamation for who they will be. And it's just not the case. Guys get better over time. No, that's true. And, and I think that that's, that's one of the things that gets overlooked. And one of the other things that gets overlooked with Bam is that he's never really had to be an alpha on his team. He, he's never been a go-to scorer on any team he's been with. AAU teams, there were, there were more accomplished scorers there. Kentucky, he was playing with Monk and with Fox and others, and, and it just was never on him to do it. Uh, and so I think sometimes he slips back into that mentality. All right, let's take a look at some of these matchups, Jared, potentially. Let's start – uh, with mm. the first round, and I, I, I want to start with the one that I feel like Heat fans want but shouldn't, <laughs> which is mm. Milwaukee. And, and I, I know the reasons for it. Obviously, you know, the Heat outplayed them in the regular season last year. Then they beat them four out of five in the playoffs. The only game the Bucks won, they had to take to overtime yeah. against Miami. Miami would have won that series even if Giannis hadn't gotten hurt. I just think the way that those teams were playing – and Milwaukee has a worse record this year than they did last year, but I feel like they're better equipped no to beat the Heat than they were last season. And not just because the Heat have slipped, but just because I think uh, Milwaukee was very reliant last year in the bubble on vets on their bench that, that didn't really come back well from that break. And then also they didn't have Drew Holiday. Right. They had Eric Bledsoe. Uh, it, 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 it sounds uh, like you think I'm right about that. Is, is that a matchup? Yeah, not only that, right? you know, so we could get into the whole X's and O's and all that stuff, which I, I completely agree with you. Like the, the, the Milwaukee Bucks, again, you know, Heat fans, don't, don't accuse other people of, of not watching your team and swooping in from a national level and just talking unless you're going to do the same for others. Like, don't just look at the Milwaukee Bucks on the surface and say they have a worse record. Um, Giannis hasn't done it in the past. They're not going to be able to do it now. Anybody who watches the Bucks on a nightly basis, I think has the same takeaway as you, Ethan, which is that's fine that the Bucks don't have the best record in basketball 
as they did, you know, quote unquote, this time last year, you know, with a week to go in the regular season, they are better equipped for the playoffs than they ever have been. And I think it's a hard balance to find in the NBA. And I think we're going to see it this year with like a team like the Utah Jazz. It's great to try and win all 82 or all 72 games. Like that's the right attitude to have. But there are certain sacrifices that are made during the course of that run that ultimately are more focused on winning over the course of six months rather than how to win playoff quarters, halves, and games. And as you know, it is so different in the playoffs, uh, not just you know the way the games are officiated, the way the schedule works out, but also having the ability to really get into and know your opponent. And then the you know abstract part of this is teams playing with a chip on their shoulder, right? Like, I think Milwaukee got a real wake-up call last year. And I think Giannis getting all the personal accolades and, and pats on the back that he got, you know, is starting to wear on him because with that comes all of these other expectations of, okay, well, you want to be the, the, the you know, the two-time MVP that, that was just a regular season player. And then to have a shot in the first round at getting back at the Miami Heat, I don't know that that's the right thing. And, you know, I, I don't love overanalyzing stats, but but one of the stats that seems to bear out to be a great predictor of how teams will do in the playoffs is teams that are among the top 10 in both offense and defensive efficiency. And basically all that means is that you're really incredibly balanced and not just really good at one thing, but pretty darn good at, at both sides of the ball. And the Bucs are right in there. And I think that they're, their record is not necessarily indicative of what they're preparing to do in the playoffs. And I think that they have as good of a shot as Philadelphia or Brooklyn, particularly when we talk about not knowing um, the health and status of players. So, yeah, I, I would not – if I would want anybody, um, I, I'd want Brooklyn if I'm Miami. I'd want them in the first round. Well, that's interesting because the only way they're – well, I mean, they could get them in the first round another way. It depends how things play out between the Bucks and the Nets here over the last few days. I, I've made the case that I think Milwaukee's going to beat Brooklyn in the playoff series, and, and, and I'm saying that not just because they've beaten them a couple times recently without Harden playing, but I, I just think that they have what you need to beat Brooklyn, yep. which is they've got top – And multiple guys. At the yep. three – well, the, but, but to guard all three guys. So, so you have – you got Drew to guard Harden, who will make him work. Obviously, you've got Giannis on Durant, and then you have Middleton on. Uh, well, excuse me, re- reverse it. You got Drew on on Kyrie, and you've got Middleton on Harden. And don't forget. So don't forget so about the, those three. Don't forget guys. about so the midseason I, acquisition of PJ Tucker. Well, which right. which helps also, which allows them to always right. have three good defenders on the floor. Uh, so so I, I like their chances against them quite a bit. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned Brooklyn. I, I do want, and I want to get to them, but I want to cycle back real quick here to another other potential first-round matchup. So in a minute or less, you tell me, if the Heat can get the Hawks or the Knicks, let's say that you end up in a 4-5, which is still doable at this stage. Um, Miami's pretty much going to win out or get close to it. They certainly need to beat Boston on Tuesday night if that's going to happen. But would you rather play the Knicks or the Hawks if you're Miami? Well, I prefer as a fan to see Nick's heat just to, you know, watch more videos of Jeff Van Gundy um, so flashing back. Right. I mean, <laughs> so, you know, how many, so th- we'd have, we could have played a drinking game of like how many times we see that video over the course of however many games that series goes. Uh, that's number one number. But, but honestly, if, if I'm a heat fan and I'm looking at trying to win a series, I think the heat could beat either. 
Um, but I think you'd have a much better chance against the Hawks. Um, you know, they, they, they just don't have the playoff experience. Um, I don't know where I'm at on Trey Young yet, particularly in a playoff game where he's got national attention. Is he going to try and be Steph Curry, Dame Lillard? And does that really benefit the, the Hawks the most? And then there's the other aspect of it too. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot more fans in Atlanta at, at those games. And there's a really good shot that a lot of those fans will be Heat fans <laughs> uh, as opposed to the Garden where it'll be all Nick fans. Oh, well, no, for sure. Well, I will say this. I've been at a lot of Knicks games where there's been a lot of Heat sure. fans, but I, but I but I feel I feel like some of those Knicks fans have decided to keep their tickets yes. this year. But I we, we went through about ten years uh, where there were let's go Heat chance. But you're right, Atlanta and Washington uh, have historically been the two places where there are more Dwayne Wade jerseys oh, yeah. in the crowd than there are jerseys of the home mm-hmm. team uh, when the Heat play them. So I, I'm with you on that. I I think look the Heat obviously struggled with Atlanta this year. Um, even in a game, they didn't have Trey or Capella right. and they beat the Knicks three Oh, but, but I do think the Knicks would be the more challenging series. I, I do think though that again, I look at this all through the prism of Jimmy and I just think Jimmy against Tibbs, Jimmy against Rose. I feel, I, I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes you need that kind of series from him and we'll get to Philadelphia in a second right. where I just think you get hyper Jimmy. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but I, but, but I do think some of that would come out. So I am rooting for heat Knicks just because I don't want another heat Hawks series. I've seen those. Right. I, I don't, doesn't do anything for me, but, but let's, let's pivot. Now you mentioned a couple of the other teams. So we, we agree that broke that, that the, the bucks are not a good matchup for Correct. the heat this year, no matter what people think you think the nets potentially could be a better matchup for the heat. Maybe than the Sixers are, is that, yeah. are, is that where you come down? Yeah. No, number one, let's start with, all the pressure in the world is on the Nets. And uh, I'm, you know, from from the area, I actually grew up a Nets fan. And I've been listening to a bunch of podcasts and reading stuff that it's hyper local coming out of New York. And it's just unbelievable to hear what the, you know, the narrative is right now that there, there's more pressure on the Nets, just speaking of New York, Tri-Set area, there's more pressure on the Nets to win a championship than there is on the Knicks to get out of the first round. So if you think about that and play it out over the course of four series, potentially four playoff series, how much pressure is on the nets if they fall behind at a series one Oh or two one or whatever it may be. Um, not to mention that, you know, circle back to how we started this conversation about the heat and, and who knows, you know, the wild card of Victor Oladipo where he factors into all of this, if at all, but you know, the heat have gone through their struggles throughout the course of the year, the nets, and this is what bothers me about net fans and, and the nets approach this year. It's just, it's like, they think that May 22nd is going to roll around. And that's like a magical date where a, a switch gets flipped and everyone who's been injured for six straight months, all of a sudden is healthy and there won't be any other issues. Like I get the nets have been cautious to this point and that's been smart, right? Cause you, you've got to play this out, right? And the nets have done fine in terms of winning regular season games and positioning themselves to at least have a shot to get the top seed, even though they're, they're not likely to get that, but you, you don't play that way as the Clippers found out last year. And all of a sudden, once the playoffs start, everything changes from a mentality to a 
an actual physically physical health stand. Like James Harden's going to try and get on the court. Last time James Harden tried to get on the court, he lasted four minutes. Why? Why are we to believe that after all of these injuries that Harden's dealt with, that KD's dealt with, that that Kyrie is Kyrie going to choose to take off a game? Like people are people <laughs> are just week. saying people are just yeah. saying no. There's no way that happens in the playoffs. Are you are you kidding? Like how can you confidently say you know Kyrie's going to show up for every game? Um, and then how everybody? I, I just think the health and the pressure. Plus the fact that the Heat have enough bodies, and I, I don't, they're not gonna they're not gonna shut down the Nets. They're not gonna hold them to under 90 points. But that combination of 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 Jimmy, of of um, Bam, of of now Ariza, there's enough bodies to throw different looks that Spoh's gonna come up with that I think would give the Nets some trouble as they're trying to figure out who they are, if they are healthy, being on the court. You know, they only played six and a half games together, those three. So I just think that's the matchup you would want if you're Miami. Well, I think one of the reasons that Heat fans uh, want it also is because they remember 2010 and they remember, you know, uh, Bosch, LeBron, and Wade trying to get on the same page and through 17 games, you're nine and eight. And I, I do think that there's a more seamless offensive fit with the three guys in Brooklyn, but also I, I ain't seeing them defending anybody. I mean, I, 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 I think the only one with the defensive disposition of the three of them is, is Durant. And we know with Durant that he's not a hundred percent on that end at this stage. And I mean, he's come back as a scorer. So I, I just, I wonder about it. I, and so I'm, I'm with you. I guess my concern is that they may be so good offensively that it may not matter. I, I, right. I but, but we don't know. You're right. They are, they are kind of the great unknown as opposed to Philadelphia, which I, I feel like there's more known here at this stage. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think we can all agree that Daryl Morey did a very good job of kind of reshaping the roster, creating more spacing, creating more shooting, making it clear that, you know, Doc has made it clear they're going to play through Embiid, which is not necessarily something that happened last year. Tobias has had a bit of a bounce back mm-hmm. uh, this season. I feel like the Heat feel good against Philadelphia because last year they beat them three out of four, but I don't think this is, the, it's just not the same It's not Sixers team. I, I guess is the hope there that Embiid or Simmons is going to get hurt because I yeah. mean, it's always happened. Yes. Um, you know, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but uh, almost every one, except for maybe one, maybe two series that Embiid has played in, in his playoff career, he's missed at least the game. Um, so, and, and there's this whole thing, and, and I, I've been hesitant to say this, Ethan, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it out loud for the first time, and I'm curious your thoughts. There's all this talk wait, about... Wait, before you continue, you did say out loud on this podcast that you're a Nets fan, which I've never heard someone say before. So this is oh, actually yeah. your second revelation on 5 <laughs> and 4. Continue. Well, and, and like a New Jersey Nets fan, not like a Brooklyn Nets fan, right? So, so you're like, like an was... Otis Birdsong Nets fan. You're <laughs> oh, like, my. I, yeah, well, Drazen Petrovic. Drazen uh, Petrovic, Kerry Kittles, etc. Yeah, yeah. Right, Rex okay. Walters. Yep. Oh, Rex Walters coach down here at FAU. Big he Rex did, Walters yeah. Fan. Yes. yes. Uh, so here, here's the statement I'm going to make. There's been all this talk this year that Embiid is in this great shape. I don't buy it. I don't buy that Embiid is in great shape. I buy that Embiid is motivated and engaged on a nightly basis and trying to win not only MVP, but defensive player of the year. I just, I don't, I don't see that much of a physical change in Embiid uh, in terms of his body from this year to last year to the year before. I see a guy who on a nightly basis is not trying to mess around. I've had conversations with people inside the organization where they tell me that the most frustrating part of Embiid over the last couple of years is that when he knows he's got an opponent that he can beat, 
he waits until halftime to turn it on. He's got like the opposite of the Shaq mentality where Shaq would try and do his best to get the second half of games off, right? Where he would just go out and crush you in the first two quarters and then tell whoever his coach was, I'm done for the night. Or the coach would just be able to make that call. I see a guy who right now is motivated. He's sick and tired of being embarrassed in the playoffs. He's sick and tired of being overlooked in terms of awards. Um, So to me, Yes, the fear if you're a Philadelphia 76ers fan or the hope if you're an opponent in the playoffs is that he's truly not in this great physical shape and he won't physically be able to hold up, whether it be injury or illness. He's had these mysterious illnesses, and this is this is pre-COVID. He's had these mysterious illnesses that tend to pop up in playoff series that cost some games. And it's just like, dude, this is the time to play. This is the time to be the most dominant center in the league, which he has the the, the, the opportunity to be and he just seemingly falls off the face of the earth at the biggest moments of the season and so far he has listen he's missed what 18 or 19 games and yeah he's mm-hmm. that's happened this year but that's probably what's going to cost him the MVP over Jokic but he's now got to show it in the playoffs and I'm curious and and the hope is and if you're a Sixer fan that 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 is going to carry over the way how dominant he has been all right let's let's close here Jared yep. um I still think admitting you're a Nets fan was the biggest disclosure here on the podcast. <laughs> uh, but let's let let's close here. G- give me give me a percentage. Uh, let, let's assume that the Heat avoid the play-in. Okay, which if you're telling you know we don't know. I mean, obviously, I mean, but there's they, they got to beat Boston Tuesday night to guarantee that. Uh, now that Charlotte lost to New Orleans, but let's say that the Heat avoid the play-in. They're going to be in a four-five against. I know this, this dictates it a little bit. Well, can we just back be- up for a second? How crazy is it? And and. You got to love this right now from the NBA that this stuff means this much. Like mm-hmm. there is as much of a possibility at this point that the Heat get home court advantage in the mm-hmm. first round of the playoffs as it is that they have to play in to get into the playoffs. Like oh, that no is doubt. that's no, awesome. No doubt and 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 you have you have Lakers, Warriors in in the yep. in the other conference potentially and like I said after that the, the playoffs will shut down. So I hope you've got <laughs> something else to do with your time. Ding, there's number 2. The, sorry. Uh but <laughs> Uh, look, I, look, I was the LeBron writer. Okay. I, I know how this works. All right. It's, yep. you know, I was, I was sent to Cleveland for a year of my life. Um, yep. but which again, shouldn't be wished upon a single soul alive. Um, but let's close here. Give me a percentage of the heat getting back to the finals, the NBA finals or the Eastern conference finals. Let's start with the NBA finals. Let's go for the whole thing. Not winning it. Just getting, yeah. getting where they got oh. this season. <clears throat> Um, 10%. Okay. I mean, that's fair. Uh, getting to the Eastern conference finals. I feel some of this is matchup based, so it's a little oh, bit yeah. fair. Um, but getting but it's not only matchup based, but it's, you know, again, I go back to my point about the nets that I'll make league wide again, mm-hmm. that why are we to, as, as NBA fans, you know, people think, you know, we're in the media where, but I, I love this stuff, right? Like right, I right. eat, drink, sleep, you know, breathe this stuff. Um, why are we to be naive and, and believe that just because May 22nd rolls around, the health and safety issues, whether it be COVID or whether it be injuries, why are they going to disappear on May 22nd after well, they Jared, have I, been the I, biggest I, theme I, of the season? 
I think I think the COVID issues, I think there's an assumption that a lot of players have gotten vaccinated and we just haven't heard about it. Right. Like, I, I feel like that's part of it. Now, the injury issue, you're right. Now, I, I think one of the reasons that there's an assumption that maybe the injury issue is not as big an issue is because the playoffs will be reasonably spread out, whereas the regular season was not. So I, I, I feel like maybe we've seen a lot of kind of wear injuries this year that may not be an issue. And also we also saw maybe players take more time off during the regular season than they would have because you were trying to kind of get them through to the end of this thing. Um, you know, I, I've talked to executives around the league who've basically said to me, we just want to get the season over with. Let's just, yeah. uh, you, know, you know, we're going to do the best we can. Uh, you know, obviously the 2021 summer is not what we all expected, but we're going to do the best we can. We're going to get to the summer and we're going to kind of reset. So I, I, I get it, but I, I am with you. I think heat fans in particular being local here, have had this idea that, well, we'll just, we got to the bubble last year and we weren't playing well before the bubble. And then we got three months off and, you know, people forget they went three and five in the seeding games, but they were playing better. They looked better. Uh, mm. They dropped that last game to Indy. I still think sort of on purpose. And then, you know, and then they got rolling against an Indiana opponent that they were better than in the first round. Right. And then right. they had confidence against the bucks, et cetera. The Celtics really weren't ready for prime time. And, and so they ended up getting the finals. And again, it's not to disparage what the heat did, but they took advantage, as you said, of their circumstances. I, I do feel like heat fans have kind of felt, well, we'll just turn it on again. And, and it, it really isn't until, you know, we see a first half, like they played against Boston yesterday, as we're recording mm -hmm. this, that you're like, okay, it's still in there, but so is that third quarter. <laughs> and so, right. so I, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I have said this, I keep saying it. I, th I don't think the Heat are a great team this year. I don't think that any of the top three teams in the East want to see Jimmy Butler in a playoff series. I, that's, and I think both of those things can be true in right. the same way as I don't think a lot of teams would have wanted to see prime Wade in a playoff series. I just, I just yeah. think you're, you're getting, you're getting a different beast. Not, not to extend this though, you know, cause I know you're trying to wrap this up, but I, I just, I battle with, I think every, you'd have to be nuts not to think the nets are the most talented team in the NBA, just pure talent. If you don't think the Nets are going to win a title this year, do you think that they're A, just not going to be good enough, or B, they're not going to win a title because they're not going to be healthy, right? And I think that's a big well, question. I, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I, right. I, I think that they may not be good enough because they may not get a rhythm in the playoffs where right. you've got one guy. I mean, you're right. I mean, you, you said this as a joke, but literally Kyrie could take off for a month. Like, yeah. I, you, you, there's just, I mean, you just don't know. I mean, I, he may do it on the biggest stage to make a point, uh, I think that's where he's at right now. And I, I, I got to tell you something too, like mm -hmm. the NBA is getting really fed up with Kyrie's antics with the media. Oh, and yeah. if Kyrie's trying to make a statement against the media, there's no better time and place to do it than the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And I just hope he doesn't put the NBA in a position to take action above and beyond a fine in the playoffs. No, I think we may be headed towards that. And as, look, as, as someone who covered, you know, I was around Kyrie a lot for yep. one season. I covered him in high school. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's always been um, a challenge in this regard. Uh, and I do, I, I'm always, you know, I, I did not enjoy my year covering him. I know the people didn't, a lot of players on that team didn't enjoy being around him. But I will say I have a lot of respect for what Kyrie does off the floor. And, and I think it's genuine. And so that's why I always hesitate here. But it has, it is the type of thing for a team that becomes a spectacle. And I, I just don't, I don't even care if he talks to the media. If I was in that room, though, it's just some of the other stuff that comes up, I'd be frustrated with it as a teammate. I don't know when, when that comes to a head, if it comes to a head, 
or not. Um, but they, they don't, let's put it this way. Durant, Harden, and Kyrie, I don't feel like there's the same buy-in that a title is the most important thing that it was for, say, LeBron, Wade, and Bosh, where right. sacrifices would be made. I, it just right. doesn't feel like that to me. No, no I agree. All right, we agree on something. From the only Nets fan in existence, although there are a lot of people wearing those jerseys. These right. days, they all showed up at the arena Ugh. down here, and I'm like, I'm sorry, no, okay? Goodness. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, 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 you do nothing of Kenyon Martin, or let's go back beyond that, okay? Uh, but I'm glad. Derek Coleman. You. Well, Derek Coleman, yes, and 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 yes. Kenny Anderson. Well, Kenny lives down here now. All right, Jared, we appreciate the time. Yeah. Follow the Jared S. Greenberg. <laughs> Catch him on NBA TV, a reasoned national perspective. 10% chance to, to make it to the finals. Uh, we're gonna, uh, Twitter will have some fun with you on that one. Have a good oh, one, Jared. Thanks, Ethan. Appreciate you. We'll get to the second part of our episode here in a second. Going to get a chance to speak with Eric Brown. Before we do, want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. This is one that a lot of us on the network are now using. For me, I use it to sleep. For others, they use it for recovery, and it's CBD. But this isn't just any CBD. You need CBD that was optimized by a physical therapist. And so basically, this, was found, this company was founded in 2019. It's called Therapist Preferred. Worried about drug testing, all that? You don't have to. It's 100% THC-free and third-party lab verified. All the products made in the U.S. with cutting-edge technology from organically grown hemp. The most popular products, the CBD sports cream, the strawberry lemonade, and green apple-flavored gummies. I've actually got some of the strawberry lemonade. Free shipping on all orders. And use the promo code 5REASONS. That's the number 5 reasons for 20% off your order. That's right. No shipping cost. 20% off the order. Just use the code 5REASONS. So go to therapistpreferred.com. That's therapistpreferred.com preferred.com for active people by active people. And we're going to give you a chance to win a bundle from there as well. All right. Now we're going to get to the second part of our episode with Eric Brown. All right. Welcome back to five on the floor here on the five reasons sports network. We do this just about every week. We call it value plays. This is with our friend, Eric Brown. He challenges me a little bit, sometimes a lot. You can find them at fivereasonsrealtor.com, F-I-V-E, reasonsrealtor.com. If you're interested in real estate, he can certainly help you there. If you need challenging heat questions, they can do, you can do both at the same time. You can multitask. So Eric, let's get to it. You've given me kind of the list in advance here, but I I don't really know where you're going. So let's see where you're going. Number one. Uh, Number one, a couple of weeks ago, you made a comment on one one of the podcasts that uh, somebody that was close to uh, one of the Heat players remarked to you that what team doesn't have uh, that? What team has their top two players that can't shoot threes? And that kind of caught my attention. And I actually went and looked through the league to see uh, to test the validity of that statement. And um, of all 500 plus teams this year, uh, who don't have at least one of their top two salary players. I refine the statement a little bit to salary players mm-hmm. that are shooting threes above at least league average, which currently right now is 36.7%. Besides Miami, there's only one other team in the NBA that technically doesn't apply. It's over 500. You want to guess what that team is? Uh, let's see. I am going to say Philadelphia. Actually, the Lakers. 
Really? Wait, now hold on. It's not Philly? No, actually, Philly has a lot of players, uh, that, the top, top salary players. Uh, Tobias Harris is actually uh, the top salary yeah, that's player. Why. That, that's he's why. He's over 40%. I... And B actually is, uh, is third on the team in salary. He's 37-7. So there's yeah. at least one player. In fact, they have two of their top three, and then the rest of their starting five actually shoots – 40 percent or better so they're actually a, a decent three-point shooting team i think they're like 11th or 13th in the league in three points yeah they're much better than last year but see i i wasn't thinking of Embiid being their third okay that that's why i i i think of him being and he, the top even, he sh- even he shoots over uh league average he's 37 7 before he got hurt he was over 40 percent so the lakers are the are the only team and LeBron is there, uh, uh, shoots 36-6, which mm-hmm. technically is a tick below 36-7. So they, they, for all practicality, would qualify as well. Nobody has two players like the Heat where you, ha- you have Jimmy shooting uh, 20.6 mm-hmm. and then Bam at uh, – oh, actually, the next two salaries are Olo Depot and Dragic. Dragic is 36. But mm-hmm. that person was obviously referring to – to Butler and Bam, who yes. will be there. Uh, Bam's 25. So that really has implications as far as I'm concerned about the construct of the Heat. I mean, when you look at the rest of the league, there are several teams that are below 500 that mm-hmm. don't have at least one of their top salary players uh, shooting at least league average, uh, including the Wizards, um, Houston, Detroit. Mm-hmm. And then you can almost can throw OKC, Memphis, and the Magic in there. They have a, a, a player or two that either barely plays or like like Horford qualifies for OKC. He's shooting 36.8. But again, nobody has these two that are in the 20. So it, it, to me, it suggests that there is a, a, a construct problem with the Heat roster that they need to correct if they truly want to qualify as a contender going forward. Well, that's always why the, and I know you and I have had this discussion, but why the Giannis thing, although you certainly take Giannis simply would have added to this issue because your top three players uh, wouldn't have been three point shooters. I, I also think it's why to a certain degree, uh, the heat doubled down on defense this year with guys like Ariza and Deadman because they sort of recognized that that's what they needed to do. And also why we've seen the heat fortunes kind of rise and fall so much on the shooting of Duncan Robinson, because uh, essentially uh, he becomes, you know, that guy who releases pressure from the their two primary guys who, as you mentioned, are not three point shooters. I mean, Jimmy made one yesterday. I, I think that was his first in like a month. So uh, it, it is interesting. I, it was interesting when it was brought up to me. And and now that you raise it, it's more interesting. But you've got something else about Jimmy you wanted to get to. Yes. Um, I wanted to talk about his impending uh, contract extension. He's eligible this summer to walk in there and ask for a four-year extension for a total of 181.6 million, if the math is right in the research that I've done. What he would do is he would void that fourth year uh, that he has on his current contract. So in other words, he would have next year's one year, and then he could add four more years onto it. That's an average salary in excess of $45 million a year and would take him out to age 36. Now, Butler uh, has a very good argument to be on one of the all NBA teams this year. 
And he certainly, I think, should be on one of the uh, all-NBA defensive teams this year. So he's had a fabulous year by, by any metric, but can't shoot the three, and you're going to give him a four-year extension and, and up until age 36. So I'm not saying whether I would or I wouldn't. I'm asking you, what would you do? I think after yesterday, I have a feeling what you'd say. But in, yeah. in the cold light of day come the summer, after the heat go out very early, which is what I think is going to happen in these playoffs, they even get past the playing round. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, you asked Jimmy if he'd like a cup of big face coffee. <laughs> right. And you move him on his way. I mean, first thing, Jimmy's very aware uh, that he's eligible for an extension this off season. And I absolutely believe that he's going to ask for it. Uh, so uh, the heat are aware of this. I know that for sure. Um, I have some news on this, but I'm, I've been waiting to share it. So um, for those who, listen to this podcast to the end uh, you could be prepared for that here uh but i i can tell you that uh it's going to happen i mean i it's going to happen i mean th- th- when they when they acquired jimmy butler they acquired him to be a staple of this franchise going forward and he has only exceeded their expectations so i i don't see any scenario in which jimmy is not offered the extension um, I, I do think, and I'll get to this, that there may be some variances in that extension, but I can tell you that Jimmy's expecting a full extension. So there you are. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I, I, I just, I think that's going to happen. And, and I don't, I don't think that the heat should blink. Um, we have seen this year, Eric, there are a lot of players playing really well deep into their thirties. Uh, I mean, Chris Paul is an MVP candidate. Steph Curry is playing at the highest level he's ever played at. I mean, even Derek Rose has been critical in a playoff run. Russell Westbrook is accumulating, you know, triple doubles. Like the game has changed. And I really don't think that the Jimmy Tibbs minutes are as much of a factor as we thought. I, I mean, as I've mentioned many times, he didn't make a ton of deep playoff runs. This is not LeBron. I mean, he's pretty much played like 40% of the overall minutes that LeBron's played in his career so even though he had a couple of very high actually actually like a third because you, you you came up with that twenty thousand minutes bigger in LeBron yeah, like yeah, LeBron's I mean, like at sixty thousand I mean, yeah. if I recall correctly right I mean he's he's had some very high minute seasons but he's also or per game but he also has not played the full eighty a lot of times he again not the finals after finals after finals like LeBron and some others so I I. I Yes, I would give him the extension. And I also think he's shown that he's willing to allow others to move into the spotlight and to push them uh, to be better. And so I, I think that his relationship with Bam makes him ideal to, as to kind of continue to push Bam into more of a leading role or wherever else they get. I think the one complication for the Heat is not the contract extension. It's, it's navigating this thing about there are certain guys that Jimmy wants to play with. I, I, I think they've got to be a little bit careful here not to just acquire somebody. I'm thinking about the guy in Toronto mm-hmm. or Tampa at big money simply because Jimmy wants him. I, I, I think decisions still need to be made with Jimmy in mind, but not Jimmy is the only factor. But paying Jimmy, yes, you pay Jimmy. Okay. I fully anticipated that was going to be your response. So with that in mind, you're going to have Jimmy Butler around here for another five years after this year. And we had before talked about how long his window was and uh, what you're saying and have been saying for a little while is his window is a little wider than maybe that we generally think it is. 
well, how about the, the construct of the, the rest of the team, uh, specifically all the guards that mm -hmm. we have? I've heard you talk about this uh, more than once in the last week, about how many of those guards you're gonna, we're going to bring back next year. Right. And quite frankly, I'm a little bit scared that the idea of bringing back even the majority of those guards, because that starts mm -hmm. to get me back to 2017. We're not winning the mm -hmm. title with those guys None of them can really defend, and only one of them is a superior three-point shooter. I, I'm, I'm suggesting that if you have Butler here for a little while, isn't it worth trying to unload some of that or, or, or trade some of that and get some assets that maybe you can well, flip later? Well, I, I, I don't think it's as I don't think it's as much about unloading or trading. I think it may just be about, to a certain degree, letting some of it walk. Right? I, I mean. You're, I mean, we're talking about basically what, I mean, Oladipo, which that situation may resolve itself. Uh, none who may get an offer that they don't feel like matching. Duncan, who I believe they will match. Okay. I know that Woj came out with the 20 million figure. We've been talking about that for a year. So I mean, a little high now. I've always I, I even used that at the beginning of the year. I think that's a little high, but go ahead. It, it, it could be. I mean, 18 to 20. I do think that the Heat may be able to get something done, maybe not a hometown discount per se, but a little bit of comfort. You know, maybe you can give him three years for 48, uh, something along those lines. So you shave a little bit off of it to, to create uh, some space elsewhere. I, I do. And then, you know, Dragic to me is, is someone who at this point, even though he's looking rejuvenated lately, uh, may have to accept, the, you know, the fact that he got the payday this season, um, you know, Again, that's a complicating Jimmy Butler factor because Jimmy wants to play with him basically until he retires. Uh, and so, you know, and then Hero, who who ultimately, you know, may be best used as a trade chip or, you know, if you give him the full offseason, maybe he gets the development that you were hoping he would get in the shortened offseason this time. I, I don't anticipate, and Ira and I talked about this on Onside Radio this morning, I, I don't anticipate all five guys are back. I, I think at most three uh, and I think you may be looking again at a Kyle Lowry uh, to replace two of them potentially. I, I don't, I don't think you're looking at all five. So I, I that's, I, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think we're there. Okay. Um, if in order to fill that slot, they're either going to have to sign someone uh, in the next this year or in the next couple of years into, into cap space, or they're going to have to trade for them. So one way or another, they're, they're going to have to have the flexibility or the assets to do that. Otherwise, they're not going to be a championship contender. They're just going to continue to muddle along, and we're going to talk about how great Jimmy is and what a good outside shooter is and, and how Bam's developing. But we're not going to be talking about a championship. Probably not. But, again, I, 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 want, to, I want to give them the summer to kind of reshape this thing. I, I don't think that they uh, were able to anticipate a lot of things that happened this year. Um, and I think a reset with certain guys is necessary. I think they've learned a lot about these guards this year. I think they learned that Kendrick Nunn can be part of the future. And I don't think that was necessarily the thought process going into this season. Not a they've learned, no, well, they've learned a lot about Victor Oladipo as well. So I, I think that's one of those things. All right. We have a final one here. Uh, we've got Sam Presti made some comments. Uh, could you refresh my memory? On well, this? actually it was in a, um, he gave a zoom talk. Uh, to a to a school, so it wasn't. I don't think you even. I, I don't even really, really even found it uh, online. I caught it on another podcast, and basically what he said, he was questioned about he was why what they're doing right now 
is not the same thing that Sam Hinkie did with the Sixers back a few years ago. And he tried to say that uh, basically uh, it's, they're not tanking, that they are uh, rebuilding and restructuring, uh, that in the time came where they had to do that. And then, which you would expect him to say, we know they're outright tanking as, as are several other teams. But the interesting, the comment that I found interesting as that applies to the Heat, he, he said, if you trade away all your future draft picks, aren't you kind of tanking for the future? So I've never heard it put it quite like that, but I thought that that was kind of a, an interesting statement because you are betting on right now and you are sacrificing the future. And unless you're able to free up cap space and you're in a super attractive market like Miami is, how else are you going to trade for players that want to leave as we just found out with James Harden? Well, I think you've made this point before, and, and I, I understand the point that they maybe don't value the first round picks as much as they should have. I, I think there's a, a balance between valuing them as much as they should and Oklahoma city basically deciding they're going to take every first round pick in the league <laughs> and, and basically uh, count on their fans to sort of hang on forever until they bring in some frontline guys. I, I, I think to me, there's a balance, right? I, I, I don't think in this scenario, like what we saw with the process, I don't think that it can be validated by the fact that Philadelphia has made progress this year. I mean, they found two players Two, okay, during all of those times that they had high first round picks that they could build around. And at times they've wondered whether or not they could even build around these two. So they brought in a general manager who basically took what the previous, what is it now? Three general managers had done. I mean, Elton Brand, Colangelo, and Hinky, and tweaked it and, and was able to make some moves. And now people are saying the process was the right way to go. I don't buy that at the same time as I think sometimes the heat have undervalued first round picks. So uh, to me, it's striking the balance between now and the future. Um, I think that the heat have leaned a little bit more towards the future at times because they've gotten better at picking players in the draft. Uh, now we'll see what happens with precious, uh, but I don't think necessarily the precious was their pick there. I, I think that some things happen. The more that I've investigated a couple of guys that they thought might slip to them did not. And so Precious was the best option, but I don't think necessarily that they'll look back at Precious. Nothing against Precious, but I mean, they basically took a player who can't play with Bam for a while, which means he was never going to be more than a 15-minute-a-game player, best-case scenario, at least for his first couple of years. So I'm with you on the overall you know, idea that first-round picks need to matter more, but I don't think it's kind of an all-or-nothing. All right, Eric, we got to wrap. Uh, tell me where people can find you. Tell people where they can find you. Five reasons realtor.com. Uh, you can all the contact information is there. You can go on there. You can also go on there and search every uh, active listing in all of South Florida. Uh, so if you're interested in buying a home or getting an idea what homes are worth, five reasons realtor.com. And if you have a first round pick on a house, don't trade it. Follow five reasons realtor.com. Go there to the site. Eric, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.